Only God could rescue me. Only God could set me free. Only God. Only God. Only God. Hello, welcome to Lay God Rescued Me, my journey from satanic virtual abuse. I am Lisa Meister, your host, and I am delighted to bring to you today Sharon. Welcome, Sharon. Hello. Sharon is a very dear friend of mine, and I met her at church. She is not a ritual abuse survivor, but she is a survivor of demonic attacks extraordinaire. And I'm bringing her on today to share her story with you and to start talking to us about how to deal with the demonic because, Sharon, you have a really easy way or clear way of explaining how to do it. Okay. I'd love to share it then. So you were going through a divorce Mm -hmm. and you got attacked by witchcraft horrifically. Yes, I did. Uh, Witchcraft was actually the cause of my divorce. It was a a very good marriage. And one day it wasn't. It was over. Wow. It was over nine months later, but it was over that day. Yes. So from one day to the next. Mm -hmm. Now, most people would say that's just crazy. Mm -hmm. I know. I realize that. I took a trip to St. Louis to meet a friend who had moved to Kansas City. So we would meet in St. Louis. We spent the weekend. And when I got home, my husband came up to talk to me and tell me something. And I thought, there's something different. There's a wall between us that's never been there before. And I found out later that he had committed adultery while I was gone. And he continued in that lifestyle for nine more months before I was willing to take a look at what was going on. Now, I do know that with adultery, when people are sleeping, that a really horrific demon gets a hold of them and they can get nasty. Mm -hmm. I mean, really nasty. So there is a demonic element attached to that. Yes, there was definitely. But I would say it was never passed to me. Even though I know that can happen, it was never, I was protected from that demon. Now you are a Christian. I was. Okay. So how did you get attacked? A lot of times it was just from the mean things that my ex-husband would say to me during that time. Sometimes demons would attack me in my sleep. They would paralyze me, so to speak. It was like they would jump on me and paralyze me. I learned that that was a demonic attack. I was able to fight those off by just thinking in the name of Jesus because I wasn't even strong enough to speak at the beginning. But then a lot of accusations coming from my husband along with that and just knowing that I didn't know this man anymore. Now, did it occur to you then that a demon has come in and taken a hold of this marriage and blown it up? Like, at what point did you figure that out? I figured that out nine months later, but I didn't really understand it at all. It was all a process. And the Lord told me that day that he was committing adultery. This was nine months later. But I think it was because I was finally able to look at the truth because I created in my mind something I could live with. Mm -hmm. So while you were with him, you were getting attacked by these demons at night, holding you down, paralyzing Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Then you got away from him. Mm -hmm. Did that continue at that point? 
I think not. I think at that point, no more of that happened. There would be other ways that the demons would attack, but they were all outside of my person, if that okay. makes sense. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Okay. Yeah, I would see crazy things happen and know that they were demonic attacks at that time, but they didn't really touch me. Were they still coming into your house? They lived in my house. Lived in your house. They lived in my house. Yes. It was, um, we used to laugh before all this happened that it was haunted. Okay. Um, so after he left, one day I was at home alone and the Lord spoke to me a word. It was Catherwood. And I'm like, Catherwood, Lord, I don't understand that. And he said it again. And I'm like, Catherwood. I thought, well, maybe that's one of the woods that they used on the ark. So I went to look up. I said, Lord, it's not there. And then I looked it up in the dictionary and I said, Lord, that is not a word. He said, I know it's a deception. And I still didn't understand what he was telling me until a few days later when I was telling my mom about um, the book by C.S. Lewis, Wormwood. And it hit me that it was a demon. And then the Lord said it was a demon. Yes, it was a demon of deception. Wow. And so I realized that everyone in my household had been controlled by Catherwood, the deceiver. I believed I had a wonderful marriage. My ex-husband believed we were miserable. My daughter believed she didn't even belong in our family. And my son, I'm not sure what part it played, but I'm sure that he was just as deceived as the rest of us. Then the Lord started showing me all the deception in my life, all the things I had created and believed that weren't true. And I had to embrace truth. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's a story you hadn't heard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, you no, know, it's always fascinating. And I wanted to bring this on today because you have, I mean, it was a boot camp. Mm -hmm. It was boot camp. Of the demonic but it was also a boot camp of how to come to the Lord mm -hmm. and like, Lord, how do I deal with this? Mm -hmm. What do I do? Exactly. Exactly. So um, where did God take you? The Lord took me to the throne room. The Lord led me and guided me every step of the way. He was always there. He would come and visit me at night. And I have never experienced it before, nor have I experienced it since. But he would come and visit me and tell me what he wanted me to know. Yeah. So through that, a relationship with God just really blossomed. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. I wouldn't trade it for the world. So you have gleaned a lot of knowledge of how to deal with the demonic and that's why I wanted to bring you on today, because there's a lot of people that have been reaching out to me, survivors and non-survivors, that want to know how to deal with the demonic. And Sharon, you have some very good ways, some very good knowledge. And so I've got some questions okay. that I just wanted to run by you. And so let's start with, should Christians be afraid of demons? Christians should never be afraid of demons, because... Demons are not nearly so powerful as the Lord. I love that. We want to make sure that we focus on God. Absolutely. Not the demonic. Absolutely. Are you mentally ill if you think that demons are attacking you? No, you're not mentally ill if you think demons are attacking you, but you will appear mentally ill. 
And so you have to be careful who you talk to about that because people will think you're crazy. But if you talk to people who've experienced it, who've gotten help for themselves, and then they can help you, you have to find people that you trust to talk to to about this. I think that's really important because mm-hmm. some very people important. in their panic mm-hmm. will tell like all the Christians that they know, mm-hmm. expecting, and it's a good expectation, I think, mm-hmm. that all Christians will be praying with you. Let right. me pray with you. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. So there are a few that I went to. There were a few people who knew me well. I knew them well. I knew that they may not have understood what I was going through, but they didn't think I was crazy. So they would pray with me. Yes. Now, some people are treated like they're crazy. Mm -hmm. They are. Because we don't use wisdom. We have to use wisdom. We have to know who we can go to, who we can trust, and who understands this. Did you have a friend that you knew that was put in? I had a few friends, yes, who would pray with me. Did you have a friend, though, that had a demon attack her, and instead of seeing that it was a demon, that they said that she was crazy? Um. My friend's daughter had been saved as a little girl, and um, her parents divorced, and she was feeling very depressed. And so the doctors asked her if she thought about suicide, and she said, well, I've thought about it, but I don't intend to do it. And he immediately forced her into a psych ward in one of the hospitals in Indianapolis, and she was there for about six weeks. And when she came out, she was a cutter. And she was anorexic and still depressed. So she got no help. She just got some new visitors, you might say. And she spent 10 years under that demonic oppression. She hated her husband. She wanted a divorce. She finally did get that divorce. And then one day she had a seizure. And they called it a pseudo-seizure because they said it wasn't really an epileptic seizure, but it was just something that she was doing herself. And so they took her to the hospital. And while she was in the midst of this seizure, she saw the Lord. And she opened her eyes and she looked at her mom and she said, Mom, I saw Jesus. And she said, he told me I can breathe. Her eyes were so clear. That was gone. And she was set free from every demon by the hand of the Lord, not by anyone who would pray for her. In fact, I would offer to pray for her and she wouldn't let me. Well, if she won't let you, then you're not going to accomplish anything. She has to agree with you. So in that case, Jesus did it himself. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. If a person is attacked by a demon, Mm -hmm. what should he do? Run right to the Lord. I remember so many times that life would be hard and I couldn't wait to get home. I had my favorite chair and my Bible was there and my notebook was there. And I would say, Lord, I am so afraid. Or Lord, I feel angry or all of these different emotions. And I knew I couldn't live with this. And I would sit there and I would say, show me why, Lord, show me why these things are happening. And he would always give me the answer. He would always give me a scripture. He would always take me to the worst case scenario. And so I would realize I can deal with this. If I would go to the worst case scenario, what if I did lose my house? I had lots of people who would take me in. I don't have to be afraid. And so at that point, I I would just 
let God show me what was going on, how to overcome it. And then I, I wouldn't leave until I was free. And every day, something new would bring me free. So if a demon attacks, what does that mean? That usually means there's an open door. And an open door is something that you believe or something that you do that doesn't line up with God's word. So what could some examples of open doors be? An open door would be maybe I told a fib today. It's simple as that because the enemy's always looking for the opportunity that he can get to attack you. Um, maybe it's uh, something that I believe from my past that's been passed down forever, but it doesn't line up with God's word. And if it doesn't line up with God's word, I'm believing a lie. And so the enemy is able to attack. The thing he doesn't want me to do is go to the Lord and get the truth. <laughs> so he will do whatever he can to keep you from getting the truth. But once you replace the lie with the truth, then the enemy has to flee. So if the enemy attacks, there's a demonic attack, that means there's an open door because the enemy has been given authority. Yes. He takes that authority. He has the right to come in. Yes. So how do we find out what that open door is? Well, I the Lord would always tell me if I would go and ask him seriously, Lord, what did I do to open this door? Because as you go on in spiritual warfare, you start learning these things and you start realizing if the enemy has attacked me, I've opened this door. So I would sit in the Lord's presence. He would either give me a scripture or he would speak directly to me and show me where I was off track. And then when we'd close the door, again, the enemy would have to flee. You know, your ex-husband opened some doors too, like when he started the affair. Mm -hmm. Now, wasn't there some witches sending some curses on you also that would yes. be some open yes. doors? What I learned later was that I was an assignment and the enemy wanted me to be um, annihilated pretty much. And so he sent demons to destroy me. And those demons attacked my ex-husband because he was the weak link. He would not bow his knee to the Lord. He was a proud man. And so the, he had no power or authority over those demons at all. And so, yes, that that's what caused the divorce. So other people living in the home can open doors also. Mm -hmm. Yes. So can be complicated. Can be complicated, yes. Um, only it's not complicated to the Lord. It's only complicated to us because we don't have the full picture. Uh, let's see. How do you close the door? Repentance is the only way to close the door. That means to turn from it, to acknowledge the sin, acknowledge the lie, acknowledge whatever the door is that you have agreed with it. And you ask the Lord to forgive you. And then you change. You don't open that door. You don't walk in that lie ever again. So. The demonic then is like an indicator of I've done something wrong or somebody's done something wrong. I need to figure out what that is. Yes. In my case, that is. The Lord showed me the scriptures in, in um, Isaiah and also in the Psalms about the highway of holiness. 
And he said, we walk on that highway and no evil thing can enter there, but they're always looking for an opportunity. So when we trip, when we stumble, then the enemy jumps on it. But you quickly defeat that thing with the knowledge of what the stumble was and how to repent. Quick to repent. Quick to repent. Very well. Can you do it yourself or do you have to have a deliverance minister? I think you can do most of it with the Lord, not with yourself. I I really believe that the authority we have is Jesus Christ in us. So with the Lord's authority, we can do it by ourselves. Yes. So you talked about relationship earlier. <laughs> relationship with the Lord. Yes. It's the only way to fight a demon. If you don't have a relationship with the Lord, you will be decimated by them. So the first step is Jesus Christ. Get as close to him as possible. You can get absolutely spend a lot of time. With absolutely. <laughs> what scriptures would you like to share? The one that took a long time to understand was uh, Jeremiah chapter 12. And Jeremiah was going before the Lord in all sincerity, wanting to know why the wicked were prevailing in the earth. And he he laid out his case and he acknowledged God's authority, but he just had to know the answer, which we all want that answer. Why, Lord, do they get to rule this world? And the answer that Jeremiah got was, if you have raced on foot with men and they have worn you out, how will you compete with horses? And I didn't understand it, but he'd give it to me over and over again until finally I realized that he's strengthening us. As every time we learn a new lesson, we have a new authority, we have a new power over the evil one. And I still didn't understand it till I was watching the Lord of the Rings. And they were going to battle, and the footmen were keeping up with the horses. They ran right along with them, and they got to the, the battle site as, just as quickly as the horses got there. So it is a possibility to, to race with horses. Wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's very interesting. I was very shocked when I saw that because yes. the Lord does that. He He gives me bits and pieces, and then maybe a, a day later, maybe 20 years later, he shows me the answers. Oh, mm -hmm. I love that. Too. I love it, too. Well, And I like it, too, because it's a constant journey with him in relationship, yeah. constant conversations yeah. that I keep having with him. Yes. In fact, today, he showed me a puzzle. I had a lot of pieces to this puzzle. And it finally all got put together. And I think it was for this very meeting that we're having. I had read about Jesus going to Galilee where the pagans lived. There were lots of pagans in Galilee. So he chose his disciples from the area of Galilee where surely the, the pagan worship had gotten influenced, had influenced some of the Jewish worship. But the Lord went in the midst of his enemies to choose his apostles. I was just amazed at that because that's exactly what's happening to us. We live in a world surrounded with evil, and yet the Lord can walk us right through it. He's teaching us to battle in the presence of our enemies. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, he's not he's not afraid of the demons. He he holds us up. He uses us to say, "Look what I've done with her. You can't touch her." It's he's proud of us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's amazing that you think of what you've come out of mm -hmm. 
and here you are mm -hmm. smiling mm -hmm. in your relationship with God has survived. Yes. It's better Yeah, because I've learned to trust him in every area of my life. Yeah. The trust grows. Every, every victory brings more trust and more trust. And when you totally trust God, the enemy just leaves you alone because he knows he can't touch you. Mm -hmm. And even when they were in your house, mm -hmm. they couldn't kill you. No, I, I, I moved into a home while I was married to my first husband that actually, I think witchcraft had been practiced in that home. And so it was full of demons. And I prayed while I was married to him. I prayed after we were divorced. I would have friends come over and pray to clean my house and they were never cleaned. And yet one day the Lord told me every time I was sitting in my chair getting set free, he made them come watch because he was, you might say, tormenting them that they have no power really except what he permits. Beautiful. Um, Acts 19. Acts 19, the seven sons of Sceva, because we were talking about the authority of the name of Jesus. In that scripture, there were seven sons. They were the sons of the high priest of the Jews, and they were going around casting out demons. And it said they heard the apostles casting out demons in Jesus' name. And so they decided to try that. So they came to this demon-possessed person, and they said, in Jesus' name, and he said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know about, but who are you? And those, those seven sons were annihilated by that one demon-possessed man because they had no authority. They didn't know Jesus. They only heard his name. No relationship. No relationship. Right. That's why it's all about relationship. Mm -hmm. It's not playing a game. Right. Acting Christian. Right. It's not about saying, I pray this in the name of Jesus. It's about having the authority of Jesus through the relationship that you have the right to use that name in authority and in power. Also, I think it's interesting, too, is some people go after God just for deliverance, mm -hmm. just for healing, mm -hmm. just for whatever miracle that, exactly. it is that they need. Exactly. But we have to make sure we're going after God for relationship first. Yes. And that is the truth. A lot of people will go back and say, you know, I was going through this divorce or I was sick or a lot of reasons. And so they turn to God and, and that's valid. And I'm not saying that it doesn't work that way, but that's not how it was with me. When I was a little girl, I remember sitting in a swing thinking if there's a God, he would talk to me. I know he would. And then years later, I met a friend who was a charismatic who told me that God talked to them. And I said, I have got to know him. I have got to know him. And that was the beginning of my, my, my pursuit of God. Um, I had bad things in my life, but that wasn't why I pursued God. I pursued him because God talks to us yes. and he draws us. Yes. I mean, his word. His First word. of all. Absolutely. But I didn't know his word. Yeah, I didn't know his word until I met him. And then as I found him, I found him in his word. Absolutely. And then he talks to us. Right. Outside of his word also. Absolutely, he does. And in fact, I would say that the reason I got to know his word was because I encountered a person who had some pretty weird doctrines, and I was pretty deceived by that person. And then I found out that I was deceived, 
and decided nobody's going to deceive me again. And so I went to learn God's word out of the pride of being humiliated. And yet I found the Lord in his word. And so he was using even that ugly thing to draw me to himself. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Isn't it funny? Isn't it? <laughs> he gets in there one way or another. Oh, he's wonderful. Yes. Should we study the demonic? I think it's a good idea to know about Satan and what he is allowed to do, why he's allowed to do it. Um, there's so much that we could know to um, to avoid the pitfalls of the demonic. Yeah. So um, you had some books. This would probably be a good place to talk about them that you recommend. I do. I um, Early on, and I have no idea why now I can see it. I read some books by a lady named Rebecca Brown. She was a medical doctor, but she lived in Oregon, I believe. It's been a long time since I read them. And she was out there helping people out of SRA. And so I learned about SRA long before I met Lisa and realized that maybe that's why the Lord had me read those books such a long time ago, because it was 40 years ago that I read those books. And I just kind of put them on the shelf and hadn't ever had any need to remember them. Mm-hmm. So she has the books, He Came to Set the Captives Free, Unbroken Curses, Hidden Sources of Trouble in the Christian Life, and Prepare for War. Yes. And they all did help. They and And, and as you're walking with the Lord, He knows what's coming long before you do. And He did prepare me for the battle that I didn't know I was going to be fighting. <laughs> yes. Because it doesn't matter if it's satanic ritual abuse that you're fighting or what demonic battle you're fighting. It's all the same war. It is the same war. It's a continuum, but it's all the same continuum. Yes. And the only way to fight it is in the name of the Lord, in the name of Jesus. Yes. And have that authority with him. Now you also have a Johanna Michelson book. And that is more a new age book. She came out of the new age and she had dealt with, um, demonic healers. So Satan has a lot of powers to deceive us. The only thing he doesn't have is love and um, love conquers it all. So yeah, she taught a lot about what she went through in the new age movement before she met Jesus. And hers is the beautiful side of evil. Mm -hmm. I think it's still in print. I can't promise that because again, that was 40 years ago. And then we have John Paul Jackson. Casualties of war. Yes. And his point is you don't go out and try to pull down strongholds before you've broken them in your own life. You, you, um, we, we hear teaching that we have authority over the demons. Christians are taught that all the time. Um, and so they'll try to take them on, but they open themselves up to attacks that they're not really ready to fight. So there's level then of demons. I believe that. Yes. In fact, I experienced that because one demonic attack came, I was able to thwart that when I sent it back. And then another one came that I wasn't powerful enough to fight. I haven't met him yet. But in that case, an angel took over and fought that demon because I couldn't fight it. It was going to kill me. Well, there is even uh, in Daniel, 
when Daniel was praying for an answer from mm-hmm. God and God immediately sent an angel and the angel was coming with the answer. He got waylaid by the prince of Persia, which mm-hmm. was a demon. And for three weeks he was fighting and he couldn't get away from that. Demon. Right. It needed another angel to come mm-hmm. and help him before he could get away. So, Right. right. So exactly. They're, they're very powerful. And those are the ones I haven't touched yet. Right. I don't have that desire either. So also having a friend who can stand with you in prayer is very necessary. It's a very good thing. Yeah. And you and your husband came alongside during the baby memorial. You're off on the side praying. Mm-hmm. Yes. During the whole thing, which yes. I greatly appreciated. It was a wonderful night. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate you being here. You know, we need people praying. We all need prayer. Yes. But having someone who can stand with you and stand against the demonic, mm-hmm. when it comes up that you can send an SOS to you, mm-hmm. and they're not going to go, oh, you're one of those people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, those aren't the people you should be talking to or sending an SOS to. Right. And and I would like to to throw this in there. Um, the Lord gave us the power to bind and loose, but we have to learn to walk in those things. Just because I'm a Christian and I go around binding and loosing doesn't mean it's going to get me anywhere. It is only through the um, anointing of the Lord as we grow in His grace that we have that power. Like working out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Work your way out. What does using the authority of Jesus' name entail? It entails becoming like him. Every time you displace a thing that the enemy has been able to do in your life, it's like the man who, if they sweep the house clean, you cast out those demons, you sweep the house clean. If you don't replace that with something else, then those demons will come back harder than they did in the beginning with seven more. And so when you sweep the house clean, then you fill it up with the Holy Spirit. And in in my situation, it is about repentance. You see the error of your ways, you cast it out, and then you you use the truth to take up residence in your life. And you can become truth. I'm not there yet, I'm sure, but the Lord's still working on me to become truth. I like um, if somebody has a lie, like sometimes it's a twisting of a word. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that can be an open door. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in that deliverance, asking, Lord, do you have a scripture to give us in place of? Mm-hmm. In, in putting that in that place. Exactly. Can be really powerful. Exactly. It is powerful. Anytime you remove a lie from your life and you you replace it with the scripture, you have a whole new idea about the kingdom of God. And then the enemy cannot open that door again because if he tries, you're like, no, that's not true. That's right. Exactly. Yes, you can get in there. Right. There's no way because I now know the truth. And And I found that people create a world they can live in. And so in the midst of a bad situation, they they build a fantasy life. Right. And it's something that they believe, even though it's not true. And so when the Lord said that the day is coming when we will worship God in spirit and in truth, 
I think even that fantasy life has to be pulled down. We have to replace that fantasy life with the truth of the word. Like I created a fantasy that one day my husband would love me, but the truth was he did not love me and he never will love me. And I had to face that and I didn't like that. It took me a long time to be able to really, you know, I'd say it, he didn't love me. I know that's the truth. And then two days later, but I know my husband really loved me. I It took me a long time to pull down that fantasy. Spiritual warfare is a lifestyle. It's not really a, a one and done. It's a lifestyle. Mark had the fantasy of, I have the perfect Christian family growing up, mm-hmm. right? And it really wasn't, I mean, it was years of coming against that after college but it really wasn't until my family i mean they were the ones that ditched us mm-hmm. originally but realizing that I didn't miss my mom mm-hmm. after she was gone it's like i don't miss her why don't i miss her i should miss her she's my mom and that took a while to realize I really didn't have any kind of good interactions with her ever. She was always coming against me. Mm -hmm. Always. Yes. And I mean, I'd known I didn't have a great relationship, you know, but sometimes getting away from that demonic confusion cloud. Yes. Is before you can really start looking at truth. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's funny how much of a confusion cloud there is mm-hmm. around somebody that's operating in the demonic. Yes. Especially if they're choosing to operate in the demonic. Exactly. You know, a, a scripture just came to me and I don't know where it is. I'm sorry. But it was when the Israelites were taking over the promised land and the Lord said, I can't, dr- I can't drive them all out at once because if I do, the wild animals will eat you alive. So, um, we do have to have these things happen gradually over time so that we can learn to walk in one, build up the strength to fight the next one. And each time um, you're casting out demons um, so that you have the power and authority for the next one that comes. You can't have it all gone at once. You can't do it that fast. Yeah. Yeah. So it is, like I said, it's a way of life. It's it's always a next overcoming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God's leading you in truth. So accept what he's teaching you. Yes. Walk in it. Yes. And then he can lead you to the next one. Yes. True. That is true. Because he always leads you in truth. That's true. Wonderful. Thank you yes. so much, Sharon. It's been fun. Thank you. It is fun. We go, you know, deliverance can sound scary. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it in terms of relationship, yes, which is what you're saying, I think it takes the scariness away. Mm-hmm. And I think if we take the term deliverance away and replace it with freedom, mm-hmm. I think That's it even makes it a little less scary. And it is the truth. It is freedom. It is. Yeah. So if you feel something attacking you, take yourself into the throne room. Mm-hmm. Sit with God. And ask them, okay, Lord, what's the open door? Mm-hmm. Where do we go from here? Yes. Yes. Because there's always an open door. The The initial step is Jesus Christ and salvation. And I think an erroneous teaching is salvation means that I'm going to spend eternity with the Lord. 
but salvation means in every situation. He sets us free from glory to glory. There's there's a salvation in um in divorce, there's salvation in the economy and being able to uh, trust the Lord with your finances. There are so many ways that God saves us in this world. And then we have eternal life. Right. Yep, salvation is more than just salvation. Yes, it is. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, you've been a blessing to my life. Thank you. In so many ways. Thank you. And I know you're a blessing to help many people today. So thank you for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. Only God could rescue me. Only God could set me free. Only God. Only God. Only God.